This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is a breaking news edition of T. Watts and TR here on the Built by Bama online podcast. It is right around midday, Monday, January the 6th. For all intents and purposes, it may as well, though, be two-a-day as the star Alabama quarterback just moments ago made his intentions for the 2020 NFL draft known. And with that, Tua Tagovailoa, after three years in Tuscaloosa, has decided he will indeed take his talents to the National Football League. I'm Travis Ryer, joined by Tim Watts, publisher of Bama Online. And Tim, let's sort of get into the anatomy of how this all came to play. First and foremost, we talked about this before the podcast. Without the injury, it's not even up for debate what Tua is going to do. Tua Tagovailoa, we all knew before the injury, the hip injury against Mississippi State, he's he's going to the National Football League after the 2019 season. Um, But in terms of that injury and sort of the path, uh, that, that you've gained some insight into as to how we got to Monday. Uh, kind of take us through that as we come on here, Tim. Yeah, you know what, too, you're right. I mean, if he's not injured, this isn't even a discussion. The discussion is whether, you know, how high in the draft he's going to go and, 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 you know, should he have won the Heisman and all that stuff. That injury just obviously to, threw a wrench in the plan. And there's two ways of thinking about that. One to me, it makes sense that when you suffer an injury, you know, you, you, you sort of look at your life and the next steps you need to take. So I thought it was more likely he'd go pro, but there was a lot of buzz that he might come back the last few weeks. Us, BOL speaking, we stuck to the stance that nothing would be decided till after the Michigan game, obviously, and that his family and Tua would do their due diligence and get as much information as they can get. And from what I understand, it's two is still going to go pretty high in this draft. It's a quarterback draft. We see it every year. We've discussed it. I've seen guys that couldn't win the seven on seven uh, uh, fraternity league game, you know, championship go late the in the first round. Yeah. They couldn't win the intramurals championship. They go in the, you know, 23rd in the drafts. Usually the Browns were drafting them. So a guy like two is super talented. If he's cleared medically, and I don't have access to his medical, but obviously, you know, I think that he's gonna he's gonna have NFL teams looking at that. But if he's cleared, he's gonna go high. I mean, this is a guy. If you're the dog, you know, just looking at the teams that could possibly take him, Dolphins, and you know, you know, any of those non-playoff teams that need somebody. Uh, Cincinnati's obviously going to take Joe Burrow most likely, but the Dolphins and teams like that. But even if he gets passed. Even if he gets past that franchise quarterback team that, that that's taken that guy, how can the Saints pass on him? How can how can my how can my Jags pass on him? They, I mean, my, my Jags have Gardner Minshew, and how look, could, I love the mustache, I love the look, I love the vibe from Gardner Minshew. But if we're talking about a healthy Tua Tagovailoa compared to Gardner Minshew, how do my Jags not take him, Tim? That's what I was saying. And then you get all the way down to 32. Oh, they won't be 32 this year, but you get down to the Patriots 
how the heck are the Patriots going to pass? It's hard for me oh, to believe no, he's not 32 right teams would pass on, on Tua. I find it hard to believe. He's one of the one of the best passing quarterbacks I've ever seen. So He is, he is clearly, when healthy, when upright, just upright, even on a bad ankle against LSU, on the same field with Joe Burrow, he is the the elite passer in in this quarterback class coming out. And I and I like Joe Burrow. I love a lot of the the it factor stuff that Joe Burrow brings to the table. I love the athleticism, uh the competitive nature, all those things. But if you just want to put cut-ups of the kind of throws that NFL quarterbacks are asked to make on a weekly basis, uh, from from what we've seen from Burrow the last couple of years and two of the last couple of years, it's not even close, Tim. It's not. No, and two, again, that's two, all due respect to Joe Burrow. I'm happy for Joe no, Burrow. Joe Burrow's a great. Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. He was a great college quarterback. Um, really did some stuff we haven't seen very often. But if it's seven on seven yeah. competition, two is your starting quarterback. He's yeah, one of the purest passers. No, he's one of the pure, and that you're right, it has nothing to do with Joe Burrow, who's a great quarterback, but Tua is a pure passer. He has the instincts, like you said, even Gimpy, that guy does something special. It's, you know, and it's for us as Alabama fans, when you look at it, when you look at it as close as Alabama fans have, I think it's going to take a couple of years to look back and really realize what 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 Tua meant to this program, and not just Tua, but there's some other guys. I mean, this offense really was a, once-in-a-lifetime offense. Um, last year's especially with Irv Smith. You throw Irv in the mix and these offensive linemen and everybody. It really was a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. offense. And I think Alabama fans will appreciate it more and more as time goes on. You know, we'll talk about Bryce Young here in a little bit. And he may prove to be another generational-type passer um, uh, in, in, along the lines of maybe even Tua. But you just hit on it as a whole, as a group as an arsenal collectively between the receivers and Tua, uh, I, I, it, it may be a while before we see anything like we saw with this group uh, here the last couple of seasons. It's an emergency edition of T. Watts and T.R. here on the Built by Bama online podcast on Monday, the day in which Tua Tonga-Vailoa has announced his intention to make himself, make himself available for the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, you know, here's the thing too, Tim. This really should be viewed as a a real positive day, first and foremost for Tua, because the decision to come out tells me that he has gotten very positive feedback from the the medical staffs involved, and also from the teams in relation to that medical situation. Because you said it. Uh, that's going to be the determining factor in all this. It's not going to be tape. It's not going to. Teams don't need to see Tua throw. They don't need to see. They need to see him work out more. So again, back to the medical aspect of this. They already know what Tua is when he's whole. Um, but I, I think it's it tells you that right that that all signs point towards that hip being in uh, the the position it needs to be in terms of the recovery process. Yeah, I mean, that's you're right. That guy, I mean, the medical and I mean, you know how the NFL is. And the one thing I'll say is I think there's been a little misconception. This this is not going to be some wishy washy deal between this family. This is a family um, with the dad and the mom and everybody doing their due diligence, working together. There's not going to be any rebellious situations here. I mean, 
Um, I think all the medical that was done, and that's why we said it took a while. You can't just make a decision. I know everybody, a lot of people got excited thinking right after the Michigan game, everybody was deciding to come back on a mission. And I, you know what? They're kids. They very well could have sat in those those hotel rooms before playing Michigan. And, and, you know, they played inspired football in that game, especially in the second half, like they wanted to win it. So they could have had dreams of coming back. But when they got back home, they're sitting with their mom, their dad, and and people they trust. And that's when the real decisions made. That's when the real decisions made for a Dylan Moses. Of course, he had most of the year. But for an Alex Leatherwood and and uh, for a Tua and uh, for all those guys, that's when it's you really big, It's a yeah. big business, man. It and is. like you said, all the sentimentality and all that. I get it. You've competed. I've competed. We appreciate the dynamic of teammates and the and the dynamic of team and maybe that sense of of not finishing the deal the way you want to. But when all that sort of has a chance to calm down, Tim, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars here. Uh, and we talk about generational passers. We're talking about the potential for generational wealth, right? Oh yeah, it's a game changer. I mean, it's a game yeah. changer. I mean, even by NFL standards. First round money is some really, really good money. And it's money that your average human being, I had to spend a lot of time even getting a portion of that money in my life working. So yeah, I certainly didn't have access to it at 21 or 22. And I, I don't think most people do. So financially, it makes sense. And also, look, I think collectively, maybe they didn't win as much. They didn't win three national championships. They didn't win three Heismans. They didn't. So I could get that coming back. But at the end of the day, they won a national championship and they won an SEC championship and they went out on top. So I think this team collectively, I don't know their overall record, what they lose two, three, four, five games in three years or whatever it was. I mean, I think that group in that three year window certainly is going to stand the test of time of how much success they had. And we're not even talking about the guys. What's lost in all this is the extreme talent coming back. Everyone's yeah. been so focused because everybody's coming back. You know, everybody was coming back a week ago. <laughs> you know, everybody was coming back. Dominoes. Dominoes, yes, Tim. That's, that I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. But, I mean, so you thought, you know, you had everybody coming back. So lost in this is daggone Dylan Moses is a big, big, big deal coming back. Yeah. As yeah. I've said, NFL scout, NFL guys in NFL offices, three of them were telling me, before the Michigan game, they felt Dylan was the most likely to come out, and they thought for sure he would end up in the early in the second round, very similar to Jalen Smith from Notre Dame and Miles Jack, who was at UCLA, or he would end up in the first round. So it wasn't like you know he did he didn't have options, but him coming back and Alex Leatherwood, I mean my goodness, yeah. you're getting guys back that are going to help you sure. uh, along along with possibly Devontae. Nobody even mentions De- Deontay Brown or Landon Dickerson or guys. Those are guys that help you win championships. Those are guys that help you win football games. So um, I understand the loss of two, but really at the start of the year, it was a hundred percent given fact that he was leaving. And if, if, if not for the injury, we're not even discussing this. And if not for an injury, we're again, not discussing uh, Dylan Moses being back in the middle of that Alabama defense for the 2020 season. And I, I agree. I, you know, that's our nature, right? as a as a species uh species it seems like is that uh we automatically gravitate towards the things we don't have or we're not going to have uh instead of appreciating uh the things that are working in Alabama's favor here as you said with Leatherwood um 
and, and with uh, with uh, Moses Prime among those returnees. And it's going to be interesting now uh, as the attention will shift more to Najee Harris and Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs III. Um, I'll tell you this, with Tua moving on, if you can just get one of those two wide receivers back, Tim, to go along with Jalen Waddell and what you've seen from Mac Jones at quarterback and Bryce Young coming into this situation, you said it, you hit on it earlier, your protection, your run game up front because of that offensive line returning, what, 80% intact is what's anticipated, um, to go along with some talented young backs if Najee doesn't come back. Um, it's still a it's still a good looking situation moving forward if it if it plays out where Devontae comes back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, oh yeah, I think you'd look. I mean, you got Waddle. Uh, obviously, that you know that kid's special. He's another guy lost amongst you know giants. We don't talk about him nearly as much. Really, when you look at the wide receivers, we didn't talk about any of them enough, to be honest, because they all share. It's like, it's like me with four kids. I can only pay so much attention to them. Uh, to each of them, we sort of did that with wide receivers, but Jalen Waddle's no joke. I think Alabama fans know this, and then next year the rest of the world will uh, will figure it out as well. But yeah, Smitty comes back. I mean, like you know, noted before the podcast, this guy led these receivers in uh, receiving yards. This guy is uh, is big. He still hasn't announced. He's still got to make a decision. And I'm, I'm talking to people that say he probably, possibly, I should say, won't even make an announcement. He might just go to school. Um, if he's yeah. coming back. So, you know, I think there's a chance he does come back. When you add guys like that uh, to the Waddle situation, a good offensive line, and they got a stable of running backs. They're yeah. young and they're unproven, but we've seen Alabama have a stable of young and unproven running backs before, and they seem to do well. Trey Sanders is a guy I think that certainly could do great things if he's uh, he's when he's 100% healthy. These three running backs they got in this class are going to come in and and have a chance to contribute. So there's a lot to look forward to next year. Um, me personally, I, I think Xavier's going to prove to be a big loss. They got to feel that's big shoes to fill. Kenny, yeah, on the back yeah, end of that defense. Yeah, he's I just, agree. He's just a good guy. He's a big guy. The thing I like about him, he's a big kid, but he's not really an in the box safety. And we see people get labeled with that and saddled with that. I mean, he's still rangy and can run. He can still get around. He's got some quickness. He's got some speed. He'll hit you. Smart guy. You know, that decision for him. Tim, I, I think he's the safest safety pick in this draft coming up. I, and I say that, I say that including Grant Delpit, because I'm worried that Grant Delpit uh, might have some Taylor Mays in him. And you know who I'm talking Taylor Mays from SC years ago. Big, good looking kid. Uh, played a long time in the league, but wasn't really an impactful player at the position. Yeah, and I tell you, Grant didn't have a great – Delpit didn't have a great year this year. I mean, LSU fans were will tell you that themselves. I saw how surprised everyone was when he won the, the, the Thorpe Award. Uh, probably no – no, uh, Stingley, his teammate, was probably the most surprised. But, um, yeah, I think Xavier's going to be – and, you know, everybody I've talked to said he got a first-round grade. Um, with safeties, that's tricky, though, because Landon could get a first. You know, guys get first-round grades. Landon Collins, they get first-round grades, and they drift into that second round 
um, simply because the safety position is not as highly valued as most of them. Especially and, if you get that box label, which is what well, happened I mean, to Landon. Yes, and then also you get an Eddie Lacy, who's the highest paid safety in the in the National Football League, and he was a fourth round pick. And there's a lot of great safeties that end up in that second round, so he could fall. But I agree. I think Xavier. I think it was a no brainer decision. I think it was the right decision for him. I think that you know he comes in, he's going to have a chance to impact early in his NFL career, and he just does everything. He's a big guy, and you know it's a rarity. He's a big guy that moves well. He is, and you know if you're Xavier McKinney. And you're seeing Eddie Jackson recently get paid uh, with the Chicago Bears. And you've seen Landon Collins get the big payday with the Washington Redskins. And you already have a first-round grade in a year in which there doesn't appear to be tremendous uh, quality depth at the safety position. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you go back to school. And, and uh, so uh, you, you, you root for and you hope the best for, as you said, a really good, dependable guy. Uh, to go along with being a very talented player in Xavier McKinney. So, Tim, as we sort of shift back to the Tua topic and how it relates to the future of the quarterback position at Alabama, uh, man, given what we continue to see from Bryce Young as recently as over the weekend in the All-American Bowl out in San Antonio, is it is it is there any way you can slow the roll of the Alabama fan base where it comes to Bryce Young and what the – astronomical expectations are going to be for this guy uh, now that he has hit campus in Tuscaloosa. You know, I really can't. And at this stage, it's someone's got to slow my roll. I'm a <laughs> huge, I got to be honest. I'm a huge Bryce Young fan seeing all of his clips. And I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking about, we had guys in San Antonio sending me clips. That guy puts it in a bucket. You know, I, I saw he made passes that look very similar to Stefan Curry's jump shot. Um, he's the yeah. most accurate high school passer I've seen. And that includes Tua. not saying he's better than Tua, not saying he's the best quarterback ever, to be clear. I'm saying he's the most accurate passer. I mean, he puts it in your pocket for you. Uh, just guys got a, you know, high football IQ physically, physically, I think is the biggest question. He's, you know, 180 pounds. He probably wants to get up 10 or 12, 15 pounds for that upcoming season, but he's a smart guy. He's quick in the pocket. As we've talked about, avoids those hits. Uh, doesn't take a lot of direct hits. Isn't going to run a lot unless, you know, it's sort of that, almost that two a run where my goodness, are you going to let me run? Okay. I'll take it. So he is definitely a guy full of potential as much potential as I've seen hitting the capstone. So, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, talk bad about him. With that said, I still think the quarterback, uh, job is going to be a dogfight. I don't think Mac Jones is going to relinquish it by any means. Just give it up. And I mean, he started three games, and the guy started two pretty tough games. He went against, uh, you know, he went against Kevin Steele and Jim uh, Jim Harbaugh's defenses, and uh, I mean, yeah. uh, he went against the you know pretty good defenses. So he's going to be battle tested. He's played, you know, in a bowl game in a neutral side. He's played at Auburn. So he's going now. He does some really good things. And then he does some not go so good things. So he's sort of that, you know, high risk, high reward right now. I would expect yeah. with all these I, extra reps. Go ahead. I, I think, sorry, but I, I think that, that I think for you, you tell me what you think on this. I think it's probably more important for Mac Jones for one of those two wide receivers to come back, Devontae Smith or Henry Ruggs third, than it is even Bryce Young. Because when you watch Bryce Young, Tim, 
this is a guy who can make some things happen with his feet as well. Not not necessarily a true dual threat because he is such a, a great passer. But in terms of improvising and sort of freeing up some things with that ability, um, uh, you, you think for Mac it's especially important to have that guy to go along with Jalen Waddle and maybe John Mechie steps up. I'm, I guess what I'm saying, Mac needs more guys around him than maybe even Bryce Young will. Well, Mac needs more dudes. That's there a good go. headline. Yeah, they don't have. I mean, I think the quarterback, whether it be Mac or whether it be uh, Bryce Young or whether it be Talia, who we're not even discussing in all this, yeah. they're going to have. They're walking into a fortunate situation, in my opinion. Four starting offensive linemen, Waddle back, possibly uh, Devonta Smith, and then we're not even talking about John Mechie, who everybody yeah. talks about. Players on the team, and everybody else talks about John Mechie. Possibly three good wide receivers with experience, and Miller you got Forstall, right? Yeah. yeah, and you got him coming back, and you've got a couple of good, good uh, wide receiver prospects coming in with this class. Then you've got a running game behind them. So yeah, the quarterback position—you're not walking in. We've seen quarterbacks have to take over much, much worse situations. So that's why I was saying earlier, you know, it's it's bad to lose two, but it'd be probably been worse to lose. Deontay Brown, Alex Leatherwood, and Landon Dickerson. You know, Brown and Dickerson were eligible to go to the draft. So you're getting those three back. That's a pretty good deal to, you know, for Mac or Bryce or anybody to get back there. I'll tell It'll you this. A, what about I what about Evan Neal? We talked about that offensive line. Evan Neal, is he a is he a slam dunk to kick out the tackle now with Jedrick Wills moving on, Tim, or do you think he stays inside at guard? You know, I've always thought he'd end up at tackle. Um, I don't know what Alabama's plans are. I mean, the way he moves and the experience he got this year moving inside, I think that it's likely he will. Um, I really don't know if it's a slam dunk, to be honest with you. Gotcha. I'm, I'll tell you what Alabama fans should be excited about, and I'm excited about, is the A-Day this year. This is yeah. going to be a year where you get to look at Bryce Young. And not only Bryce Young, you're going to get a look at a ton of true and true freshmen and redshirt freshmen and sophomores from these last two class, you're going to get a belly full of them. So if you want to see how that Alabama staff's been recruiting, that's going to be a good time to do it. And it's going to mean something because even if Tua had come back, we know he wasn't going to be available for spring practice. He wasn't going to be in that eight-day game. So you were still going to see that sort of matchup, but there was always going to be that understanding that that's great and all. But two is the guy. Well, it's absolutely going to mean a lot when these quarterbacks do it in March and April now with Tua moving on to the National Football League. Hey, um, Tim, we talked about this on a recent podcast, too. We sort of broke it down into some losers and winners and those who will benefit from Tua staying or leaving. Uh, I mean, if you're Mac Jones, right, this is it. This is the window. And it, it, I don't think it could have played out any better for Mac Jones in terms of his his uh, his his opportunity. Um, you know, and and I think Bryce Young, you would probably say that about as well. But what about Talia? Did did Tua did Tua leaving perhaps? Um, well, you think that could prove detrimental to Talia's big picture chances at Alabama because if Tua stays, that gives Talia another year to develop until the job comes wide open in 2021. How do you sort of see all of that with these different candidates? Well, you know, with, with Talia, you know, he was a, he was an early enrollee, so he's already been there a year. He's going through his second spring, so he's getting his chances, his opportunities to showcase 
what he can do. So he's going to have advantage even over Bryce Young as far as the extra year goes. Um, I don't think it helps. I don't think it hurts him. I mean, okay. it's it, it's it's a battle that he can get involved with now. It's a battle that he can compete with because otherwise he was competing against, you know, a monster with Tua that he's been competing with yeah. for X, the last pork chop his whole life. So, I mean, he knew he was going to lose that battle. So I think from that standpoint, also, there's probably a looseness to not having Tua over your shoulder because I've seen I've seen those guys together. I've seen them on the Thompson sideline. And uh, and I know what kind of guy Tua is, a big brother, and you know that you know the dad's a coach, you know he works with quarterback. So I've seen Tua, you know, walking up, talking to Talia, being in his ear. So now he's just going to have basically a chance just to go out and do what he does, yeah. and there'll be a looseness to it, and he can make mistakes, and he can learn from mistakes and everything else. So me personally, I think it's going to be freeing for him and let him loosen up more. There you go. That's a it's a good angle. That's a good way to to look at sort of the other side of that and um yeah what a fascinating uh, spring it's going to be uh at the quarterback position for sure but there's going to be some other areas tim where some of these early enrollees uh that are making their way or have made their way for the most part i believe to tuscaloosa on the defensive side of the ball and we talked about a lot of these guys in previous pods we won't get too much into that today because this is about tua uh, on his announcement day, but uh, that's that's sort of the silver lining in all of this too, right? With the announcements, with the departures of another large contingent of NFL draft picks, uh, right behind it comes 12, 14 early enrollees, several of whom, in addition to Bryce Young, a uh, couple running backs, but then again, on the defensive side, they're going to have a chance to to impact things very early. Yeah, I mean, we're looking, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm trying not, I don't like to, you know, on BOL, I, I try not to overhype stuff, but this class, this defensive class, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it from guys that we don't even talk about, like Jamil Burroughs to uh, Malachi Moore. I mean, there's so many guys in this class, guys that have potential. When you start looking at the upside, I mean, perhaps nobody's bigger than Will Anderson from Georgia. He just went to the Army. Army, uh, I mean, not the Army. It's no longer the Army. He just went to the All-American Bowl, and he destroyed everybody. He had a fantastic week. He had a good game. He caused a fumble. He had a sack. He had two tackles for a loss. This guy's a monster. This guy's an absolute monster. He's going to do bad things to people uh, when he plays football. And then, you know, you got Drew Sanders, who wasn't showcased in the game. He had a 16-game high school season, and he sat out which I don't blame him. Then you got a guy like uh, Demoy Kennedy. People just sort of, you know, de- yeah. <laughs> think about Demoy is he was all the talk on the round table, wasn't he? He was all the talk when he might go to LSU. And now we haven't heard his name in a while. So he's a guy, a lot of, I talked to a lot of SEC schools, a lot of Southern schools. He was the number one uh, Southeastern inside linebacker in the nation for him. And most people I talked to had him top two in the country, along with Justin Flo. The uh, the big the big time uh, California inside linebacker went to play at Oregon. So high praise coming in indeed. And you've got a bunch of guys that, you know, you're going to need somebody on that back end. You're going to need the safety to step up. You know, you got Brian Branch with possibly tough task for a true freshman, as we both know. But athletically, they have so much talent, um, so much talent, so many athletes. And a lot of these guys just have that right mindset. You know, I've referred to this. 
I'm always going to refer to it sort of Minka's sort of that guy to me. Minka had oh, yeah. a plan. He had, I'm going to go there. I'm going to enroll early. I'm going to play three years. I'm going to be a first round pick. I'm going to win a national championship. I'm going to get all my grades. And Minka did it. Minka did it. He's like a machine. He's almost like a robot. And you have guys like that. You saw it in this class. Najee was that way. You know, Tua came in that way. They came in mentally prepared, uh, you know, to go pro. So I think this is, you know, you're going to have a lot of guys in this class that are coming in to handle their business and do it first, you know, on the field, do it in the classroom, get in, get out, get done and go pro. I think that's the goal for these guys. And that's the goals you want from a college football player. You want him to handle his business and then go about his life to the next level. I think you got a lot of very mature guys in this class. And that's the way you budget things if you're Nick Saban, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly what we just talked about. A, a large contingent of draftable players, high round draftable players, uh, move on and you backfill with another large group of potentially draftable players when you talk about 2023 uh, and beyond. Hey, Tim, I think we just about got it covered on this big day as Tua Tagovailoa announces his intention to make himself available for the 2020 NFL draft. By the way, you know the deadline still isn't until January 20th. Now, look, typically when guys make announcements that they are going on to the NFL or maybe they're staying uh, at their respective schools, that, that typically is, is the way it is. But just something to keep in mind with some of these guys. When you got this many guys, Tim, now, look, you sign with agents, you do things like that, that's, that effectively puts an end to all of that. Um, but there's still a couple weeks to go. Yeah. You know, thanks for reminding me of that, Travis. It's almost like you get through that. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like you got this kid and he's built all the excitement and he's getting ready to make his commitment and he chooses it. And you're like, yeah, Saturday day's 11 days away. And you're like, son of a You know, so we've got, we've got that. Plenty of fun remaining, Tim. Plenty of fun. I think if they enroll in school, it's game over. I think you know their intentions for sure. Um, I think most of these guys did the due diligence. That's the one thing I like about Alabama kids for the most part, and Alabama helps them. But most of these guys do their due diligence. I mean, they they go in and they've made the decision. And you know, even Terrell Lewis and you know, you know Diggs, who I'm, you know, I, I thought Diggs maybe could have played and helped his stock. He had conviction that he was going pro. So I don't know if it, you know, there's a lot of first round talk, but I think he's going to be happy just going pro uh, and he'd made up his mind. So I think it's just easier decision for these guys. They get a lot of help. Most of them lean on Nick Saban. I mean, the fact that Tua announced today at a press conference with Nick Saban should tell, you know, tells us a lot. So, you know, you know, it's, it's going to happen every year at Alabama. It's going to happen next year. And to be honest, it's a good thing. It's like, you know, like my first time I started making a little money, and I complained because I had to pay higher taxes. Yeah. And my CPA said, well, all right, that's what you want to do every year, dummy. You know, you want to pay higher taxes. You made more money. So that's, you know, and it's, it's kind of a two way street at Alabama. You know, Alabama, this program puts these guys in a position where they can go and they can leave after three years in a lot of instances and move on to professional football but it's also a place where it's tough to leave, if that makes any sense. And I'm sure that was part of this with Tua. Oh, you know, I mean, you've talked about it, and and it's not just the obvious things like you know Nick Saban and the program and the teammates. I mean, when you talk about 
look at Tua's situation specifically. Yes, he will get top-notch care and attention from a medical standpoint, from a rehab standpoint uh, in the National Football League. But he's he's got that at Alabama. So when you talk yeah. about determining factors like that with Tua, when you've got a guy like Jeff Allen at Alabama and you've built that relationship, most importantly, like I'm sure the Tonga Vailoas have with Jeff Allen and the medical staff, um, there's a sense of security there where it's it, it, it may be uh, one of those things that, that I'm guessing makes it harder to leave, Tim, than, than anything. Absolutely. And you think it's hard being Tua, the big man on campus in Tuscaloosa? Come on, we've seen a thousand movies. One starring Anthony Michael. I, I wouldn't Hall. know. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall as the big man on campus. Johnny be Johnny good. Yeah. Two would be good. So I mean, it's not a bad life. And two is sort of, you know, when you when you see him, he sort of does. I think it was a a tough decision for him because you don't think he loves that life he's living. It's a beautiful life does. right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is a is a he's having fun. Big man on campus. He's very involved. I mean, anybody that follows him on Instagram, like my sons do, can uh-huh. see that guy has a thousand, you know, a thousand, ten thousand friends or whatever it is, and uh, he loves it. So yeah, and then when you leave, people forget this. When you leave, you're going to the meat market. You know what yeah. I mean? You're, you're you going know, to work. Everybody, yeah. everybody in the NFL is about themselves because it's a job. It's like any job. Yeah. And uh, where he goes, I mean, obviously he's going to do fine, but it's going to be every, you know, every man for himself. And it's going to be a different situation. But again, you know, the money, uh, the close knit family, this is this can help not just I mean, this isn't just going to help Tua. this is going to help every sibling generational. It's going to help his mom. It's going to help his dad. It's uh, it's what it's what the NFL dream is about, to be honest. Absolutely. And with that, we thank you once again for tuning in to a breaking news edition of T Watts and TR here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Of course, we're going to have continuing coverage there at BamaOnline.com with an emphasis on the roundtable as we transition uh, and still try to put a wrap on this this uh, NFL draft class for Alabama. But recruiting, obviously, still a hot topic with us at BamaOnline.com. Uh, you've got Alabama basketball moving into conference play. And uh, you never know, right, Tim? It's that time of year for that uh, – for that coaching uh, transition uh, hot news that typically comes this time of year, right? Travis, as much as I love you today, I got to say, <laughs> as much as I you twice, you trolled me. Both times I was getting ready to go make another cup of coffee, and you hit me right in the face. Just put some Baileys in that coffee, Watts. It'll be all right. Like little Irish, little Irish whiskey or something in there. Yeah, you're right. We got, you know, we got, a, we got a. There's a lot more to do. The coaching search, obviously, the coaching staff's been on on a mini break, and they'll come back today, I believe. Nick Saban will talk and Nick do Nick Saban things and make Nick Saban decisions. Um, that's why he makes a lot more money than we do. Tough decisions, tough decisions in a tough situation. I wouldn't expect. As much turnover as we've seen in the past, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure the guarantee and there'll be any turnover. Again, that's a Nick Saban decision. He doesn't really share confide in a lot of people, but I wouldn't expect as much as there's been in the past. Um, but then again, he's probably fired everybody while we're on the radio. We're, <laughs> Charlie Potter's probably probably making ten hot boards right now. Yeah, he's shelling out you know 17 different assistant hires right now. <laughs> Absolutely. 
No doubt. Well, I promise. I promise I'll end it on that one, Tim. I've, I've had enough fun uh, with that. Talk, yes, you've earned, you've earned my day. I'll <laughs> come back and earn my afternoon. I'll be here. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe a PM breaking news edition of T Watts and TR. You never know with this program never, never. and with this sport. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we again certainly wish nothing but the best to Tua and his family uh, as he makes that jump. Anna, for all the Alabama players that are doing that uh, time of their lives, and uh, certainly hope it uh, goes as well as is as, uh, as we we hope and and think it will for those individuals making that move. For Tim Watts, I'm Travis Ryer, reminding you to keep it locked to BamaOnline.com, the BamaOnline.com roundtable. Keep it right there, and we'll be back soon with another edition of T Watts and TR here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. Thanks, guys. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.